It's time for a legendary introduction. Welcome to Unpacking the Box. I really think nobody does it better. Join the conversation as we cover everything from life and relationships. All a woman wants is a choice. Inspiring interviews. That just hit me. Wow. And everything in between. Just keeping it real. We keeping it all the way real. Whoa. Now let's start unpacking. This is Linnea, your host. That's a phrase Fletcher Cleaves lives by. See, back in September of 2009, this former high school football star was set to begin his first college football season at Lambeth University when tragedy struck. It was a car crash and an accident because accidents uh, tend to seem like it was a mistake. But this was definitely something that was caused by someone uh, not paying attention. Cleaves says he and his roommate were run off the road by a driver who was using their cell phone while behind the wheel. The crash left Cleaves paralyzed from the waist down, but far from broken. I chose to uh, overcome adversity and live a prosperous life because, you know, adversity happens to everybody, as I've always said, but it's not what happens to you that defines you, it's how you respond to it. All right, I love the energy, I love the energy. He decided to become a beacon of hope and motivation, speaking to crowds about the importance of safe, non-distracted driving and encouraging everyone to live life to the fullest, regardless of the hurdles they face. I've gotten many messages over the years of people going through their own trials and tribulations and read my story or heard me speak or saw my TED talk and decided to continuously uh, overcome adversity. Cleves isn't only talking motivation, he's living it. He travels to the world's most desired locations. Sometimes I forget I'm not even walking because I'm so thankful for what I, ha- what I do have. Today, I'm here with Fletcher Cleves, y'all, who has an amazing story, a testimony, really, of survival and resilience. Fletcher is a former high school football player, football star, who was met with a life-altering event that left him paralyzed from the chest down. He was in a car crash, but that didn't stop him, y'all. In the midst of such a tragedy, he discovered a passion for public speaking and began to promote the importance of safe driving and overcoming adversity. He's made appearances on College Game Day, ESPN TV, ESPN Radio, Sports Center, Outside the Lines with Bob Lee, and more. He is a national motivational speaker, author, advocate, and world traveler. He is also known as the wheelchair nomad. How are you, sir? Well, I'm well. How's everybody doing out there in podcast land? We feeling good this morning? It's Friday. We're going to get busy. Yes, I love it. Listen, Friday is my favorite day. I love it. I know that's right. <laughs> I can't. I love it, too. Yes, yes. So I am so excited to have you. I, I've been like reading over your story, you know, just watching clips of you. I'm just in mm-hmm. awe of just your resilience. You. Yes. I'm so happy you're here. Thank God. Yes. I know that's right. Glad I, I, I call God Big G. I'm glad Big G kept me around. Yes, yes. So where are you from? Born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, Memphis. Okay, yeah. okay. What about yourself? 
Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland. I just left the DMV area. The uh, the guy in my that was in the car crash with me, my roommate, mm-hmm. he got married, and I was his best man. And he lives in uh, not Richmond, I think it's Richmond. I flew in the du- Dulles. It was the Dulles Dulles Airport. Okay. And, uh, he lives like ten minutes from there, so whatever that area is. Okay, okay, I love it. So, how what was it like in Memphis? Like, how's it? And I always like to get a food. I'm a foodie, so what was the food mm-hmm. vibe? Uh, you know, it's barbecue central, barbecue central of the country, baby. So, you know, it's a lot of barbecue, a lot of uh, a lot of pork for sure. You got your ribs and your shoulder and your, and your, and your skins, and, you know, and beef ribs and all that for a lot of meat, so to speak. But it's barbecue central. Growing up in Memphis, you know, it's it hot, number one, extremely hot. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, I love it. I love that. I feel like everybody says the same thing about their city. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. But yeah. with Memphis being a particular city, you know, we got a bad rep on First 48. Like, you know, right. for, for a while we were the most dangerous city in the United States. So everybody was like, you from Memphis? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Hands off me. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Right. <laughs> right. That does come to mind a little bit when you think about Memphis. like, oh, yeah, Detective Caroline Mason. Okay. <laughs> First 48 gave us a bad rep. I mean, but... See, I, I put it like this. Like, if you got common sense, like, people always say, like, is Memphis dangerous? I mean, if you ain't getting gas at 2 in the morning or you ain't on Bill Street at 4 a.m. or, like, stuff you wouldn't do, the common sense, just stay out the way and you'll be fine. <laughs> right. But you know what, though? The people to say the, people say the same thing about my hometown, Baltimore, so I, I, I can relate. They say the same thing. They're like, oh, you're from Baltimore. Ooh, goodness. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, it's not even like that. So, it's that so Right. It's some great things happening in Baltimore. But yeah, so so before we go into your story, your amazing story, can you describe to us what your life was like before uh, the car crash? Yeah. So before I was 18 years young and exactly what an 18 year old boy was focused on at that point in my life, I had three responsibilities at that point in my life. It was school football girls. That was the only Three things I was concerned about, you know, because luckily enough, I was raised in a two-parent household, which allowed me to not have the stress and the um, responsibility that some of my peers did with having a younger, and I'm an only child too. So I had like having younger siblings and trying to figure all that with in, in a single-parent household, having to help your mom do all, you know, my parents were both very supportive throughout my tenure to my, my youth. So I didn't really have a lot of responsibilities, but I fell in love with sports. I was blessed enough to be physically gifted. And football became my passion, and I fell in love with the game, and I was blessed enough to receive a football scholarship to a, a college, a university here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, on September 10, 2009, I was involved in a car crash where a, a lady was distracted driving and left me uh, paralyzed from the chest down. Wow. So, and and how long were you hospitalized for? Yeah, believe it or not, so I graduated high school in May of 2009. I left um, high school two days after high school graduation to go train for the upcoming collegiate season, which started in the middle beginning of September. So mm-hmm. from May, the end of the May, middle of May to the beginning of September, I worked out three times a day, every day. And I gained like 25, 30 pounds and of muscle. And mm-hmm. that put me in great shape. And luckily enough, because I was in such great shape that when my car crash happened, uh, I, I wasn't in the hospital that long because, mm-hmm. you know, fortunately, I didn't break anything else or nothing else wrong. I literally just broke my neck and that was it. And the doctor said, you know, 
Fletcher's in fantastic shape, and I, I've never seen somebody this young in such great shape. So I was only in the hospital ten days, and I was I was in ICU four days, and in a room six days, and I had two major surgeries. And meeting other people that have had similar accidents or similar injuries, you know, they're in the hospital two months or they're in a coma a week, and I'm like, I was I was in the hospital ten days, like that's it. And the doctor was like, Fletcher's not sick. There's nothing wrong with him. There's no reason for him to be in a hospital. He can be. He can go to therapy. And I can test that to my, you know, luckily my my physique or my physical capabilities allowed me to not have to be in the hospital so long. Wow. I'm surprised about that, too. I was thinking you were going to say like months, too, like 10 days. Wow. God had his his protective shield on Mm you. Oh, my goodness. I had surgery, like whatever. I I forgot what day of the week, September 10th of 2009 was on. But whatever that day is, I had surgery like that next morning. And then uh, like. Three days, four days later, I had another surgery. And five, four days after that, I was gone. Wow. And I just want to go back just a bit. So when you, when you, so back to, so 2009, when, uh, when you got, before you got into the car crash, you were set to play football for college. So that never happened. No. So I actually got injured uh, like a week right before our first game. We were supposed to fly to Georgia State and uh, play, you know, Georgia State in the Georgia Dome. But, you know, my car crash happened and I, I never made it to my first game. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Now, okay, so when you come out of the hospital and you start going to therapy, what type of, like, emotions did you experience, like, during that ordeal? What were you going through? I was going through a lot of emotions. I didn't know how to, you know, respond. I just knew one of the things, like I mentioned, the three things I was only cared about at that time in my life or not. When I say three things, of course, you know, you got family and all that, your grandmother, all that stuff, of course. But as far as responsibilities, it was school football girls. And number one, I'm not in school anymore. And number two, I'm not playing football. So it was like the two things out of two out of the three things I was concerned about, I'm no longer doing. I'm in therapy. And I haven't always been associated with football. It was like, hey, Fletcher, are you talking about the guy who plays football? Oh, Fletcher. Oh, yeah, no, he, he played football, right? And not having to be, not I'm not playing football anymore. I kind of lost my identity for like a month or so, like trying to figure out what am I going to do? Who am I going to be? You know, I'm not, I've always been known as the guy who played football. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, luckily enough, I was able to get over that very fairly quickly. You know, I was always been kind of mentally strong and being undersized athlete. I've had to get over obstacles from the beginning of time. So I've always like faced obstacles head on. I'm like, all right, this is what it is. This is what it's going to be. Now what you going to do about it? And I, that's the same mentality I took with dealing with this, the hardest obstacle I've ever had to deal with in my life. Mm-hmm. So now, and what at what point in your healing process did you decide that you wouldn't let your injury stop you from living your life to the fullest? Because I know, I know me and how my mental is set up. I'm going to admit right now, I don't know if I could have gotten through what you got through. And a lot of people, I think, couldn't have probably gotten through how you got through. And so, you know, what, what, what was that pivotal moment where you said, you know what, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm going to live my life to the fullest. It was quick. Uh, once I, I think I was in the hospital, I was in the hospital uh, 10 days. I was in therapy a year and probably like within the first month of therapy, because if my injury was so new, people still reach out on social media and Facebook, like Fletcher prayers for you. So I would get on there at night and respond to a couple of people. And I would see my peers that I just graduated high school with at mm-hmm. their respective colleges, you know, doing all the going to homecoming and on the yard and taking pictures by the fountain and, and you know, pledging and doing all this stuff. And I was like, 
I gotta get I gotta get back to it. I, like I, I'm trying to be out there with y'all. You know, I'm right. trying to do whatever I can do. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was a quick it was a quick situation of flipping over quickly. So it it didn't take long. Wow, that's amazing. And and you and, and you go around pouring into so many people. I mean, you you pour, you know, words of inspiration into people all over. And I know they appreciate that. And I know you're changing lives. How do you pour into yourself and maintain that positive mindset to keep yourself, you know, because I feel like I, I consider myself a very positive person, but I feel like it takes mm-hmm. so much maintenance to stay there. So how do you do that? Yeah, so my, the thing I've always said is, who does Superman go to when he needs saving? So it's like, it's always cool to be the strong one until you need someone else's help, so to speak. But how I maintain my mental health and staying strong is looking at the people who've sacrificed so much for me. So for instance, my parents have done so much for me, sacrificed so much for me to make sure that I was be able to do the things I'm doing now, being successful, that I can't necessarily give up on me, but give up for them. And then secondly, my peers, man, like, uh, all the stuff you see online of me skydiving and me traveling the country and me going outside the country and around the world and going to all these schools, what you don't see is everywhere I go, I got somebody with me, like my brother, my cousin, somebody goes with me no matter where I am. And, mm-hmm. and that type of support system allows me to do the things I do. So it's like, flex. if all these people see the potential within you and see the potential you can accomplish and helping you achieving your dream, like you'd be a fool to give up to be like, man, we... I mean, all these people helped you and you gave up on yourself and we believed in you more than you believed in yourself. So I just can't give up for that reason. That's a lot of the reasons why I choose not to give up. And life's too short. Like there's so much out there, so much things to see, so much to accomplish. And you never want to give up to, everything's at the tip of your fingertips if you just reach for it. Like mm-hmm. and there's nothing in life is off limits. Yes, I love it. And I was and speaking of traveling because we're going there next. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was seeing your traveling videos and all the stuff that you're doing. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like this is so amazing to me. Like you you don't care. You take risks. I mean, you just you live in life. When someone you are like when they say live life to the fullest, I feel like you're the epitome of that. You are living your life to the fullest. Yes. Yes. So, you got to have a life, living life with no limits. You'll realize that number one, a lot of stuff you r- realize you think is important is not important. Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff you, you go through in life. And once you've been through, well, let me speak for myself. So because I've been through such a traumatic situation at such a young age, it kind of put a lot of things in perspective. Like I, I don't argue with people like, bro, you got it. You have it. It's not that important. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, whatever we say, I don't be, I don't be worried about certain situations. I'm not arguing with nobody. Now you gotta it really puts in perspective of what's important in life. And if you choose to live your life to the fullest, you'll realize that as well. And a lot of things become more more sensational, like, you know, taking time to smell the roses or like going to different monuments and just accepting the beauty of like, man, or like going to an ocean and just out looking and be like, Man, this is really this is really something amazing. And, I, and you really, and there's people really worried about, you know, things that really don't matter. Yes. And you know what? You know, unfortunately, sometimes it does take those situations, those dark situations for us to see the light and for us to realize Mm -hmm. that life is short. Sometimes we have to go to hell and back for us Mm -hmm. to realize, you know, that life is so short. And so I'm so happy that you're able to do that. And so Mm -hmm. I know you've traveled to many places. So out of all the places you've traveled to thus far, which one has been the most memorable and why? Um, I got two. I got two. So number one, okay. probably, probably Italy, Rome. 
don't know what they put in their food, but that that is is amazing. I think it's because it's so fresh and like, oh, like they don't like they don't really have grocery stores. They have like bodega, like mom and pop fruit stands and meat and all this stuff. But there's no like Walmart and Sam's and all that. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like with all that, so they really don't deal with processed food from what I saw. Cause my home, uh, one of my homegirls was like, "Hey, go over there and ask for seedless grapes." When you get to like a little stand, a fruit stand, ask for some seedless grapes. I was like, "Why?" She was like, "Just do it." I said, "All right." So I get over there. I was like, "Hey, y'all got some seedless grapes?" And I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> and you have to realize that seedless grapes are like processed, because you know fruits naturally have seeds. You know, so like seedless watermelon is not a, really a thing outside of factories. You know. Mm-hmm. So that uh, so food Italy for food and probably Dubai for things to do. Like I am, there's difference between vacationing and traveling. Mm-hmm. So vacationing is like you know Jamaica, relaxing and hmm, you know and sleeping in and all that, which is cool, no problem. Uh, but I'm more so of a traveler. Like I'm trying to get up and do stuff and go mm-hmm. to the museum and go skydiving and go you know hit jet skis. Like I'm a traveler. So Dubai, they got all that. They got everything you need and far in between. So they got like the world's tallest building, uh, Abu Dhabi, the world's fastest roller coaster, uh, you know, the world's largest this. And it's just so much to see water parks and museums. And you can go to eat dinner in the sky. You can mm. go to a day party, underwater hotel, all this stuff. Like, so it, for me, it was always something to do, something to see. And I, and I love that. Yes. So, like, what, 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 what kind of foods were you eating in Italy? What was good? Uh, what everything, literally everything, everything? My, my lips touched was delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's my favorite part about going somewhere. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a huge foodie. I'm like, what the food tastes like? Okay, I would try everything. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's fresh. It was fresh. It was. It kind of did throw me off a little bit. Of like, it's fresh. Don't get me wrong. But one, uh, this one instance that I couldn't, I couldn't rock with it. So we went to this restaurant right in front of like the uh, Pathroom, Pathroom, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's cool. There's a lady out there singing opera. People, it's like, it's a little, it's a nice little obvious out here in Italy. And I get there, you know, I'm looking at the menu, I'm like, oh, seafood pasta. It's got, I know this is going to be five. It's pasta number one, then it's fresh seafood. Right. I'm like, Ooh. so what they did was they cooked the pasta and they brought out a whole lobster and it was like all right make your own seafood pasta like which i guess is cool it's fresh because you crack your right. own lobster and you're right but because of my disability i was like hey my guy i really can't do that can you you know ask the chef can he you know take care of it for me and he was like yeah i'll just do it myself and he like i was like don't touch my food with your hands <laughs> But he, he was like, he cracked, I guess he wouldn't understand what I was saying. He cracked it and literally started like taking out the lobster tail and putting his nasty, dad's little fingers on my lobster meat. I was like, I don't want this. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't want, yeah, it was like, what's wrong, Americano, no like lobster? <laughs> yes, I like lobster, but I would tell the nasty book of hands on it. <laughs> Oh my goodness, right? Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Oh my goodness, not with all the germs that's going around and stuff like that. Yeah, we- like, no, just give me a slice of pizza, my guy. I don't want this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my goodness, I love it. 
So I hear you are, because I, I heard you talking about skydiving, and I've seen some videos of you like skydiving, just doing all type of stuff. And I hear, you know, you are a bit of a daredevil. So tell us some of the things you've done to push those limits and break those barriers. Man, I try to say yes to anything as long as I deem it being safe, you know, and by yeah. safe, that's a, you know, of course, it, it's wise. Uh, hey, you want to go shoot fires? No, I'm straight. I'm not going to do that. Right. Uh, but okay. bars like been skydiving, that was that was a pivotal point in my life, man. Because once you go skydiving and you realize, like, think about some of the things you are extremely afraid of. And if you can skydive, you can do anything. You can accomplish anything. So it's like yeah. that. I've been scuba diving with whale sharks and tiger sharks. I've flown an airplane. I have uh, ridden the world's fastest roller coaster in Abu Dhabi. And I know people get caught up in, like, the world's tallest and the world's fastest. Mm-hmm. But what they mean, the world's fastest, they mean that shit. They mean the world's <laughs> fastest. Yeah, they are. It's super. Like it was. It's. It was so fast. It. I. I almost fell. Like, oh my it's, god! It's, it's fast for sure. Oh wow! Um, Hold that, on. You said you were. Did you say you was scuba diving with sharks? Yeah. Well, not like great white sharks, but like it was okay. whale sharks, tiger sharks, and uh, for all my people, it, y- y'all can do this too. A lot of people don't know this. Um, uh, Atlanta has the world's, uh, the country's largest aquarium, right? Mm-hmm. So if you pay a per diem, you can go actually, you know, when you go in the other conveyor belt and you're going and you're looking at like this big aquarium and all the fish are swimming around you, you can go scuba diving in that tank. It's like a six million gallon tank or whatever. Mm. And they give you like real scuba gear and you literally go on like 40, 50 feet or however deep it is. And you just swim around and it's tiger sharks and whale sharks and clownfish and all type of, you know, stuff. And it was a, it was a pretty cool experience. Oh, wow. That sounds interesting. That sounds like something I would watch. Not do, you but watch. watch. Yeah, you I would watch it. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. How you pronounce your name? Linnea. Linnea, you wouldn't do it, Linnea? No. Uh-uh. You not a daredevil? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. You can have that, Fletcher. Okay, you can have it. I love it. But I love that you do that, though. But no, I would. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> don't know what you can do until you do. Like you got to try. The person who says they can and the person who says they can't are both right. Which one will you be? Well, you, gotta- you know, uh, I mean, that's you know, food for thought. I love that. But the, that part, uh, I, I think, I think I'm just going. I would. We could go, but I'm gonna watch you from afar. <laughs> like, I, I, I hold everybody purse. Let me know what I can hold. <laughs> Yes, I will be the first order. I love it. I love it. Listen, I had so much fun talking to you. For sure, for sure. I hope I can brighten your day this morning. Yes, you did. I know the audience is going to love it. And, you know, before you leave, though, there is something that I love to do with every okay. guest at the end of every show. Because this is Unpacking the Box, I love to do a segment called Unpack Your Box. And that's mm-hmm. where you get a moment to leave us whatever you want to leave us. It could be a gem, mm-hmm. you want to vent, whatever you need to release off your chest. <laughs> yes. I oh, I, I just read this yesterday. Well, not I read it yesterday. I say I say it in my presentations with being a motivational speaker sometimes. Um, so let me ask in my actual this: How big would you dream if you knew you couldn't fail? If you knew failure was not an option, how big would you dream? And whatever that answer is, accomplish it. Do that in life. Strive for greatness. Strive to do what you desire to do. Because as I mentioned earlier, everything you wanted in life is literally at your fingertips. You just have to have the courage to reach for it. And understand that uh, adversity happens to everybody. Adversity happens to me, you, your mama, your cat, your daddy, your cousin, too. Everybody, it happens to everybody. But it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond to it. 
How you gonna respond when you get laid off from your job? How you gonna respond when you go through that bad breakup? How you gonna respond when you don't get the yes you've always thought you were receiving whatever endeavor you're dealing with? And I hope that you respond as the glass is being half full versus half empty. Because, you know, life, I said it again, you know, the person who says they can and the person who says they can't are both right. Which one will you be? Life is everything you've ever wanted on life is on the other side of fear. Don't be afraid to reach for your dreams. Don't be afraid to reach for your goals. Yes, get into it, y'all. Listen, thank you so much again. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Your story is beyond yeah. inspiring. I'm so happy that you are still here in the land of the living. We thank Absolutely. God for you. Yes, thank you for your story. Thank you for just being brave enough to continuously talk about your story and to pour into so many people. You are changing people's lives and I know you're saving people's lives. So I thank, thank you, you for that. Absolutely, thank you for having me. You are welcome. You are so welcome. Now, tell the people where they can keep up with you, your website, your handles, all that good stuff. Plus, you got a book, okay, which I'm about to get. No, you know, a little razzle-dazzle. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I am an Amazon bestselling author. You can find that and all my other information at FletcherCleaves.com, my first and last name.com. And all my handles on there as well, Rolling on Faith, is a majority of my handles. So, just go on that website and you can find handles, find more about my story, watch my ESPN commercial, watch uh, my CBS interviews, watch my TED Talk. You can watch all that stuff on my website or find it on my YouTube channel. Um, we I took a cameraman with us to Mexico and he did a fantastic job of just all the crazy stuff we did and how it is traveling with a disability. So if you are interested in that, that's on my YouTube channel and my truck and how I drive it. A lot of people are curious on how my truck is made up and you'll be surprised at what it looks like. So you can check that out also on my YouTube channel and just any information, you can find all that stuff at FletcherCleaves.com. Yes, I love that. Yes, guys, get into it. Make sure you guys check him out and read more up on his story. Make sure you purchase his book, The Sky Is Not The Limit, The Fletcher Cleaves Story, because I know I will. And you know what? I think I'm going to purchase two books and I'm going to give one away. That's what we're going to oh, do. Oh, Lord, thank you. We shall appreciate it. Okay, yes, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to definitely uh, take care of that in the next few, uh, few days. So, all right, y'all, we are out. Wait, before you leave, keep up with your girl on Instagram at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be well.